This is a remote voice podcast. I'm Daniel Silva, and this is the eighth in a series of letters that I'm writing from Arnhem Land in Australia's Northern Territory. This letter is somewhat paired with my previous one. So if you haven't listened or read that one, it's not essential, but it might provide some context for what's been somewhat of a fortnight of transformation, I think. And, well, yeah, you might want to start there. Also, in this letter, I refer to Jungu kinship, which is a fascinating topic and really the something of a bedrock out here. And I, I did write in some detail about that in a letter called Interrelated. So if you find yourself interested, you can check that one out. Okay, so I also have photos and... Um, you can subscribe to receive these letters by email by visiting my website, danielsilver.work, where I, um, as I say, post photos and other things. And I will be posting some progress photos of a couple of sculptures that I'm working on that are a community art project, which are this giant fish and turtle that we're filling with uh, light up plastic bottles to address in some way the problem of litter out here and we're doing that with the kids and then there's a festival coming up in a few weeks and we'll parade them down the street for the festival so I'm working on that and it's going quite well it's hard work but rewarding too uh, I officially graduated as an art therapist, so a silent celebration for that. And uh, that completes, uh, I suppose, the, the placement um, epoch of this adventure. Okay, I think that's it. I'm going to now read this letter. And it's called Alone. Since my adoption into Jungo kinship, I call Rose Ngamma, which means mother. She calls me Wako, which means son. One day we were sitting together and she said, Wako, when you are alone, there are different ways of knowing things. It's hard to be alone, though not for feeling lonely. In solitude, an open heart makes intimate friends with anything from alley cats to fence posts, from dreams to an afternoon breeze. 
It learns the moods of these things and marks the passing of time by their aging features. Their presence becomes a source of comfort and should tragedy strike, out of the deepest empathy it suffers their misfortune. In time, they become like flesh and blood, so it's hard to be alone. In my last letter, I made poems from a wellspring of grief that opened in me. My feelings were wet and flowing. After writing, I dreamed a wildfire had burned through my yard in the night, and in the morning when I went outside, I found the level of the ground lower by several metres. Where once there was only short dry grass, now there was a lush garden. I know to water that garden regularly, with wet and flowing feelings, drawn from the cracks in my heart. And now I sit by a small fire each evening, a ritual that begins in the afternoon. After work I collect sticks and make a bundle of tinder from a dry vine that grows along my fence. I place the bundle on yesterday's ashes. Then I crack each of the sticks to the same length. I love that part because a cracked stick gives off a fresh scent, and in that regard every stick is unique. With the fire built I go inside to work a while at writing. I rise again at the first hint of dusk and take my notebook outside with a cup of tea to welcome the evening. I have two logs for sitting on, in case of guests. Some days, I light a stick of sandalwood to keep the mosquitoes at bay. On other days, to save money because sandalwood is expensive and I haven't got much, I dab my bare feet with a mixture of eucalyptus oil and rubbing alcohol, and that works too. Then I jot down observations and write little songs until last light, when a pair of tiny bats fly circles after mosquitoes over my head and I cheer them on. And when they're gone, I light my fire. One night, I was joined by three kids who walked past and asked if they could visit. Two were around six years old and one was ten. I knew them from school and welcomed the chance to test out my second log. While we sat, their mother went to play cards. It's a common pastime. Circles of card players are dotted around town. By day they sit under mango trees and by night under streetlights. The game is simple. Everyone is dealt two cards. The highest score is ten, made by adding the value of the cards. A seven and an eight makes five. There are two rounds of betting. Winners walk to the shop. Losers go home hungry. The kids and I traded magic tricks and they taught me a few new words of Yomamata. Eventually the younger ones were called to bed and it was just me and the older one. We sat silently together for a long time. He's a good kid. We tore strips of bark from the logs to make them smooth and we gathered dry grass from around the fire to clear a circle. Eventually I called it a night and said he was welcome to join my fire the next day. But he hasn't come back. And that's the thing about being alone. It's a private freedom in which a well-warded heart makes room for new connections. And no matter how many times the heart sees an evening sky or sips tea to the breeze, or learns to let things go. It feels everything as though for the first time. So I wrote this song.
Now, I'm not the first to sing it, nor will I be the last. A thousand hearts before my own have seen these words go past. Seen them enter in a twilight spell, come floating on the breeze. Watched them leave through broken promises and prayers said on the knees. They are the Bible waters that came flowing from a stone. And we learn to treat them kindly, lest we die all on our own. And we learned that they are beautiful. We learned their power too. When we threaded them through syllables, we made them feel anew. For no matter how familiar is the background to our pain, there is no heart that will not break again and again. So let us greet the dreamer as though he were a friend. May we learn to be forgiving any harshness that he sends. May we keep our gardens watered. May we whisper to our stones. May we never stop remembering all the things we learn alone. With love, Daniel. Okay, that is the eighth letter. So some postscripts. Well, at the end of my last letter, I said that this one would be about the Buffalo Boys who make things out of metal here, but apparently not. And I think, well, when I sat down to write this letter, It flowed from me and it flowed from from my heart somehow, more so than other letters. And I really do feel like there's something open in me that that has taken a lot to open and requires my attention to keep open. And so rather than focusing on what's going on around me or focusing on proving something to what's around me or or making grand plans, I'm trying to focus on keeping that thing open, keeping that space cared for. Maybe that sounds a bit nuts, but well, it just seems like the way forward. So I don't know what I'm going to write about next week. Or the week after that. Or the week after that. I do know that come next year, I'll be um, catching a flight to Mexico. And between now and then, I'll be 
making art with kids and, well, let's just leave it at that. That's enough. <laughs> okay, that is the end. And until next week.